Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special New Year's message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It's a wonderful time of year again. People start making resolutions. Uh, There's some popular resolutions people make. What do you suppose the number one New Year's resolution is? Everybody wants to do it. (laughs) Lose weight is a number one New Year's resolution. And then the second one people say they want to exercise more. And some people say they want to quit smoking, drink less alcohol, uh, which I recommend. Um, drink more water, which I recommend, uh, take a vacation, which I recommend, uh, manage debt, manage budget. Uh, here's a new one on the list of New Year's resolutions. Uh, reduce, reuse, and recycle. You know, everybody's going green now. Reduce, reuse, recycle. People make New Year's resolutions that they're going to get married. Some people make a resolution they're going to get single. Uh, some, some make a resolution that they're going to stay single. Uh, some get a better job and some get more education. Talking about New Year's Eve, somebody once said, the optimist stays up until midnight to see the new year in, while the pessimist stays up to be sure that the old one leaves. That's true. 2012... We have before us, beginning today, 12 months, 52 weeks, 365 days, 8,760 hours, 525,600 minutes, 527,040 minutes for leap year. We have 31 million 536,000 seconds of possibilities and or opportunities before us in the coming year. My question to you is how will you spend all that time? I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 18. I have it for you on the screen. Paul the Apostle writes, and he says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. This verse means that as you gaze and study and stare at the Lord and behold the glory of the Lord, the Bible says you're being transformed into the image of the Lord. You know, we've all heard people say, seeing is believing. Well, 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us that seeing is becoming. 
seen is becoming. In other words, you will become like what you behold. You will become like what you behold, what you stare at. I think a great New Year's resolution is we're going to stare at in this coming year. We're going to behold Jesus. And we're going to be transformed and look more like Jesus as we stare at him and as we behold him. I've titled this sermon, A Year End Look at Jesus Christ. And I'll share something with you. I, I titled this sermon, A Year End Look at Jesus, because it's my feeling that in the coming year, Christians, listen, Christians are going to need Jesus more than ever. Amen. Have you noticed, I want more than four people to say amen. amen. Have you noticed that things seem to be heating up for Christians? It seems to be becoming increasingly more difficult to talk about Christ. More difficult to uh, share the Lord, to talk about Jesus. Now, don't get it twisted. It's not difficult to talk about God, because God to one person is whatever God to the next. But as soon as you say the name Jesus, that's when things, people are like, oh, wait a minute, hold on now. Why? Because I honestly believe Satan gets very angry when you say the name Jesus. Not Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Something like Jesus. Nope, Jesus. Because the Bible says that there's power in the name of Jesus. Uh, can more than four people say Amen. And the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I think things are heating up for Christians and heating up for the Christian community. More than ever, we need the perseverance of Christ. More than ever, we need the wisdom of Christ. More than ever, we need the energy and the strength of Christ. More than ever, we need the boldness to stand as believers. We need the authority of Christ in a culture that is fastly moving away from the truth. A culture that is fastly moving away from truth. We act as if there is no truth. The only truth to some people is that there is no truth. Well, how do you know that's true? <laughs> We're moving away from truth. And for the Christian, the B-I-B-L-E is truth. The Bible is truth. And so we need to see Jesus. So I titled the sermon, A Year and Look at Jesus Christ. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Revelation. The book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1. And we're going to look at uh, verse 9. Revelation chapter 1. We'll pick up in verse 9. We're going to read through verse 20, and we're going to look at Jesus. We're going to look at Jesus in a different way. Not in the way that you see him in the Gospels, in a different way. Revelation chapter 1, we pick up in verse 9. If you don't have a Bible, maybe just share with your neighbor. How's that? We're not going to be that long. 
Oh, I don't know. It's New Year's. Nobody's got any place to go, do we? Anybody make any black eyed peas and ham hocks? I'm sorry. This has nothing to do with my sermon. Anybody make any black eyed peas and ham hocks? Did you make black eyed peas and ham hocks? Did you really? You make collard greens too? Did you really? That's great. People still do that. Tiffany, you ain't make no black eyed peas. I know you normally make something. Make no black eyed peas. Some of y'all, anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about black eyed peas and ham hocks? Did you make black eyed peas and ham hocks too? And collard greens? You make any cornbread? All right, don't make me come over there. Don't make me come over there. Now, you ain't got no cornbread. I ain't coming. <laughs> Lord, help us. Revelation chapter 1. All right, look at verse 9. If you're looking at verse 9, say, Pastor, I'm looking at it. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called, what, saints? Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. And what you see, John, write in a book and send it, John, to the seven churches, which are in Asia, Asia Minor, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And then I turned in verse 12, I turned to see. I want you to underline that. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the seven lampstands one like the son of man clothed watch this imagery clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band his head and his hair were white like wool as white as snow and his eyes like a flame of fire his feet were like fine brass as if refined in the furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters and he had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength and when I saw him I fell at his feet as dead but he laid his hand his right hand was how specific the Bible is. He laid his right hand on John and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. The church said, amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Write the things which you have seen and write the things which, you, which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars. Here is the definition. What were they? What is it? The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands, which you saw are the seven churches. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. You might think that revelation seems like an odd choice for a end of the year sermon but I honestly believe that uh, there's no 
other book better than Revelation to see Jesus? Because we see Jesus in the book of Revelation like no other book in the Bible. Uh, Let me give you the backdrop. The time, it's about A.D. 95-96. And the first century church was under intense, extreme, severe, heavy persecution. In the summer of 68 A.D., Caesar Nero committed suicide, and several years later, there was a Roman emperor by the name of Titus Flavius Domitian. Titus Flavius Domitian uh, was, uh, had come to the throne as the emperor, and history tells us that Caesar Nero was an insane devil. History also tells us that Titus Flavius Domitian was a sane devil. Domitian was a cold-blooded murderer. He demanded to be worshipped as God. Everyone had to address him as our Lord and God Domitian. When Christians refused to worship him, they were thrown to the lion's den, burned at the stake, wrapped in animal skins. Uh, The Fox's Book of Martyrs is a great book, great historical reference book. Uh, It's a difficult read. I uh, would encourage you to uh, maybe pick it up. We, I think we have copies in the bookstore. And uh, particularly read the section uh, concerning the, uh, the, the persecution of the early church, uh, the Neronian persecution, it's called, and uh, Nero, under Nero's persecution. And Christians were um, killed because they were Christians. In the early church, uh, people didn't walk around uh, saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah, how you doing, bless God. People didn't do that in the early church. Um, You know the Christian fish, the ichthus? Well, the history of the ichthus, and perhaps you know this, the history of the ichthus is in the early church. um, it, It was used to identify Christians. Um, because you didn't walk around saying praise the Lord and you didn't walk around, you know, hey, how you doing? Praise God. Bless the Lord. Okay, take care. Praise the Lord. You didn't do all that. Christians would identify each other with this fish. So everyone carried a stick, generally walked around with with a stick. And um, and they would, like if you meet like a Christian and you would look at somebody and you, you just kind of, you look in their eyes, you're talking to them, you just go, man, you, you must be a Christian because you just, the spirit, your spirit bears witness with my spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, you meet, you meet them and they're so sweet and they're the spirit and then you go, yeah, you must be a Christian. Now, I do have to admit I have been wrong where, you know, I'm, I have ever met somebody and, I, hey, you a Christian? And they go, no. Well, you should be. Well, why you ask? Because uh, you're a nice person. But uh, you should be a Christian. And so, <laughs> but it happens. But there's times where you meet people and, you know, you, their spirit bears witness your spirit. Well, in the early church, if that happened, you wouldn't talk about the Lord publicly because if you did, Titus Flavius Domitian would have you killed. So you would take your stick, you're walking around, you take your stick, you're standing there talking, and you would just be talking, and you draw half the fish in the dirt. And if that person was a believer, they would take their stick and draw the other half. 
And thus you have anybody know what I'm talking about, that Christian fish? Then you would have that, that Christian fish. So they identify themselves that way because you, you had to um, uh, be quiet about your witness because the church was under such extreme and heavy persecution. And if you were found to be a Christian, you would be burned at the stake or mothers would be killed, uh, babies would be killed and then wrapped around the neck of the mother. I mean, he was really sick. He wiped out millions of our brothers and sisters. Read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. And so Domitian is demanding to be worshipped in this time frame. Domitian is de- demanding to be worshipped as God and the Christians are refusing So Domitian decides to go after the leaders of the Christian church. So now enters John. John is the last living apostle. John is the last apostle who actually spent time with Jesus. He actually walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus, and he's the apostle that Jesus loved, he said, and, and he would spend time with the Lord and, and fellowship with God. And so John, at this point, he's about 100 years old, and he's famous because he spent time with Jesus. So John would go to various churches, and he was so old and decrepit that, that young, strong Christian guys would carry him to various churches, and they would, they would bring him in and, and sit him down in the midst of the people, and, and people would gather around and sit on the floor and hang through the windows, and John's in town. Hey, John, the apostle's in town. And people would gather around and sit, and, and they would say, Speak, John. Speak, because they want to hear a word from the Lord, because he's the last living apostle who spent time with the Lord. Are you getting me? Or did you stay up too late last night? And so, speak, John. Speak. Give us a word, John. Give us a word. And John would look at the people, and he would say, my children love one another. And then he would have the guys pick him up. And take him out. They're all probably sitting there going, is that it? Love one another? Is that it? Yeah, man. It was deep. John became known in the early church for his single sentence sermons. Love one another. So John is mightily being used of God. He's about a 100 years old. Domitian wants to kill John, so he has his henchmen go and arrest John. Are you listening? He has his henchmen go and arrest John, and they try to kill John. They even put him in some boiling oil and try to kill him, and he wouldn't die. Hallelujah. He wouldn't die. So then they sent them to the island of Patmos. Patmos is about 50 miles away from Ephesus. The island of Patmos is where they sent people to do hard labor. Little clothing, little food, no vegetation on this island. Patmos was a rocky, barren, seemingly God-forsaken island where people were sent to die. And it was there that John received the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 9 in your Bibles, John was exiled to the island of Patmos. Why? Because of his testimony. Are you looking at it? Because of his testimony. In other words, Jesus was so real and so precious. Somebody hear me. Jesus was so real and so precious to John that John would rather be exiled to a barren island than not talk about Christ. To John, obedient fellowship was more important than the comforts of life. 
And while on this island, God gives John a vision. And that vision isn't just for John, and it isn't just for the seven churches. It's for you, and it's for me. John says, notice in verse 10, John says that he received that vision. Look at verse 10. He received that vision on the Lord's day. So John received this vision on a Sunday. Because in scripture, the Lord's day is a Sunday. It's Sunday that John heard a voice and told him to write down what you see. So John says he was in the spirit and he heard a voice behind him as a trumpet. And the voice said, remarkable statement, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. The Alpha, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Think about it. The alphabet, our alphabet, the alphabet, is a tool that we use to make words. The alphabet is a way of storing accumulated wisdom. So when John says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, he's saying, or when Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and Omega through John, he's saying, I am the alphabet of God. He's saying, I'm the accumulated wisdom of God and the full revelation of who God is. He is the beginning and the ending of all things. He's the first and the last. My favorite preacher, C.H. Spurgeon, you know that. We call him the Prince of Preachers. And he had this to say about Jesus. I love this. I have it for you on the screen. He said, these terms together, Alpha and Omega, mean Jesus is the beginning, middle, and end for the Christian. Preach orthodoxy or any other form of doxy. If you have left out Christ, there is no manna from heaven, no water from the rock, no refuge from the storm, no healing for the sick, no life for the dead. If you leave out Christ, you have left the sun out of the day and the moon out of the night. You have left the waters out of the sea, the harvest out of the year, the soul out of the body. You've left the joy out of heaven. Yea, you have robbed all of its all. There is no gospel worth thinking of, much less worth proclaiming in Jehovah's name if Jesus be forgotten. See why we call him the Prince of Preachers. Isn't that awesome? He is the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is saying, I am the totality. I am completely. I am everything. He is the A to Z and everything in between. John says, I was in the spirit and the spirit said, write what you see. That's difficult. Write what you see. That's difficult. God says, write what you see and give it to the churches. So John gets the vision and we get the book. Now, exactly what did John see? John saw Jesus. John saw Jesus standing in the midst of the church. He's not standing over the church. He's not standing at a distance from the church. Jesus is in the middle of the church. John says, I saw the seven golden lampstands. Now, notice in verse 12, I want you to see this. John said, are you looking at verse 12? John said, I turned to see. I love that statement. I turned to see. You know, there are many people in the Bible who turn to see. Moses turned to see the burning bush in Exodus 32. The shepherds turned to see the Christmas story. 
The shepherds turned to see the angels who brought them the good news. What if they had not turned to see? They would have missed their blessing. The wise men turned to see the star. What if they had not turned to see? Your Christmas would be all messed up. If Joseph had not turned to see, think about it. When the angel told him that the baby that Mary was carrying was a child of the Holy Spirit, if he had not turned to see and to listen to that and to hear that and to believe that, he would have divorced Mary and made a mistake. You see, if God is speaking to your heart, listen, maybe some bizarre thing. Listen, this is bizarre what's happening to John. He's a hundred years old. He's thinking, hey, I'm near ready to go and see Jesus again for him. Going to go see him again. And all of a sudden, he's on this island of Patmos where there's other criminals. This is no ordinary place. It's rocky, barren, deserted, and desert, and God speaks to him. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.